Amen. Good evening. Good evening to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. God is great and greatly to be praised. And I thank God that you are with us on this evening. I pray that you are well, safe, and uh, know there's some weather going on out there across much of Mississippi, but I pray that you are safe and sound thus far, and we certainly pray that God's hands and God's hedge uh, would be around and surrounding each of you and your loved ones. Amen. So glad that you are here, and why don't we check in and see who all is here with us on this evening. Faye Foster, God bless you. Good to see you, Faye Foster. Audrey Samuels, good to see you, Sister Samuels. Cherie is in the house. God bless you, Cherie. Marilyn Langford is in the house. God bless you. Betty Palmer, good to see you, Sister Palmer. Mother Sexton is with us. Kanita Kitchen, God bless you, Kanita. Sister Clara Roberts is with us. Amen. Good to see you, Sister Roberts. Barbara Hurd is in the house tonight as well. Sister Verdi Martin, good to see you, Sister Martin. Amen. Aggie Duvall is watching. Good to see you, Sister Duvall. Deanna McHale, God bless you, Deanna. Good to see you, have you with us on this evening. Loretta Epps, always good to see you, Sister Epps. Sister Butler, amen. New members is represented on tonight. Carolyn Jones, God bless you. Say hello to Reverend Jones for us. Good to see you. Doris Alexander, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Alexander. Robbie Buckhalter Singleton, God bless you. Good to see you. Sister Henderson is in the house. Listen, you know what we need you to do. Go ahead and share this with your neighbor. Share it with your friends. Let them know that you are watching K Chapel with this um, uh, virtual Bible study and that you are inviting uh, your friends, your neighbors, uh, uh, e even your enemies. Invite them too. They need some word too. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. History was made last night, y'all. Any King James fans in the house? I'm not talking about the Bible right now. Amen. Talking about LeBron James. LeBron James made history last night. Any Lakers fans? Anybody celebrated that on yesterday? Amen. Amen. We saw some history on last night. Also, also, amen. God bless you. God bless you. It was a busy night last night. We had uh, the State of the Union address uh, by our president, um, President Biden. And so we ask that you certainly be in prayer uh, for uh, for our nation. Uh, so much going on uh, in our nation, a, a, a busy agenda that the president has. But then also we know that there's a lot going on in our state uh, right now. So much is happening in our state uh, that we need to uh, not only be weather aware, we need to uh, be aware of what's happening in the state house um, and all of the various bills that are that have been uh, uh, authored by a lot of different people who have a lot of different agendas. Um, and we are watching it carefully. We're not only just watching, but we are, are having conversations and, 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 and thinking through uh, what the proper uh, response uh, should be, must be. Uh, we're in some very, uh, we're, we're in, um, these, are, these are interesting days uh, and critical moments. Um, where people uh, are doing things that that are really at the detriment um, of 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 Jackson, Mississippi, um, and so yes, we want to be in prayer, uh, but we also want to be prepared um, uh, to do to stand to speak to show up uh, when when called upon and when necessary. I got a I got a sneaky suspicion. 
um, that that it's going to come to that. And so we need to uh, be ready when the call goes out. Amen. I see one Le one LeBron fan in, in the house. Paula TJSU says, go Lakers. I see one, one brave LeBron fan out there. God bless you. Listen, let me ask this. Since you didn't weigh in on the... Uh, on the uh on, on LeBron, are there any Philadelphia fans or Kansas City fans? I don't know who who you're for. I don't know if you're even in, in, in it, but uh, I know I, I I got a sneaky suspicion there's some Philadelphia fans who are watching, uh, and they, they want those birds to fly high on Sat on Sunday. So uh, we'll be we'll be watching that as well. Amen. So good to have each of you on tonight. Listen, I want to um. I want to uh, have a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll get into into our study uh, for the night. Um, it, it may not; we may not uh, go the length of of our normal time together because we are kind of watching um, some of these warnings and things that are going on. Um, but but you all hang in here with me as long as you can. All right, God bless you. God bless you. Let's have a word of prayer, y'all. Our Father and our God, how grateful and how thankful we are for this day, this time that you've given us to share in the study of your word. We pray, oh God, now that you would open our eyes and our ears and our understanding. And Lord, we thank you for the power of restoration. We thank you, Lord, that restoration is something that you desire to give to each of us. And Lord, we thank you that in this season of, of prayer and fasting, uh, that it would be made abundantly clear uh, where we need to be restored in our personal lives, where we need restoration spiritually, relationally, emotionally. God, and we pray that as, as that is made clear to us, Lord, that we would lean into the process of your restorative power through your Holy Spirit. We thank you now. We ask it to be done in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, who is our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ, we do pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, so last week, um, there was a scripture that I, that I shared with you, Galatians 6 and 1. Um, Galatians 6 and 1, and it talks about, I, I ended with uh, two challenges. Uh, one was the restoration uh, of, of the fellowship, right? One, one was being rest, restored in, in our fellowships and our relationships, one with the other. Um, Galatians 6 and 1 talks about one's restoration um, spiritually and the fact that we as believers and as Christians, as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, uh, that we who are spiritual, the text says, um, should engage in this work, this ministry of restoration. We should restore such a one, uh, the Bible says. If a brother, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. The spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. I want to talk um, I want to talk tonight about being restored after failure. 
being restored after failure. Um, and we want to use Peter as our case study. Uh, being restored after failure. And, and I want to say to you, don't give up on Peter, y'all. Y'all don't give up on Peter. Restored after failure. There's a song that um, um, that I became familiar with probably about 10 years ago. Eh, maybe a little more than 10 years ago now, actually. Um, uh, it was the... Um, one of the youth choirs, I think it was, that that began singing it at Cade, and it's it's a simple song. It 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 simply says, "God restores, God restores, God restores," right over and over again. And then he says, "He restores my mind, He restores my soul. In His healing hands, I'm made whole." God restores the broken. God restores the burdened, but God also restores the fallen. Those of us who are broken and brokenhearted, good news tonight, he restores us, right? Um, if you've ever been brokenhearted, uh, some, of you, some of you has been a long time since you've had a broken heart. Um, some of you are, are, are very familiar with that, that moment of, of heartbreak, whether it's in a relationship or, or whether it's just in disappointment by itself, you maybe you wanted something and you were you were going after something. Maybe it was a job uh, interview and you didn't get the job and that broke you. You were brokenhearted because you really felt like you you were qualified for it and 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 maybe the person who was interviewing you gave you every indication that you were going to get the job and and lo and behold when it came time for hiring you were you were not the one and that broke you or maybe it was someone who loved uh, you loved and they loved you but they they left you somehow um left you for some reason and, and your heart is broken god restores the broken and the brokenhearted in fact the bible says that he's close god is close to the brokenhearted god restores the burdened you who are feeling uh, like life is too much, like the weight of life is too much. Uh, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. This is, this is a promise for restored strength, right? So if you're burdened, we have the promise of God's word that he will restore strength so that we'll be able to carry on. But the good news for tonight, y'all, that I want to focus on is that those who have fallen that God restores you to. And I, I could think of no better character um, study uh, in, in all of the Bible than that of Peter. When you look at the life uh, of Peter, when you look at, at how he came uh, to become a follower of Christ, and you look at that journey, the the ebbs and the flows, the ups and the downs of Peter's discipleship. If, if, if truth be told, I think a lot of us, I think Peter is so identifiable um, and so, so liked uh, by, by so many believers and disciples because we see some of Peter in ourselves. 
the ups and the downs, the, you know, uh, the, the kind of rough around the edges sometimes. And, and if you catch us on a bad day, we something might slip out that, you know, <laughs> that we wouldn't say necessarily if, 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 if we had time to think about it, right? We, we see Peter and his personality, Peter and his, 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 his proclivities, Peter and, 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 and some of his persona, we see some of that in ourselves. And so I think it's easy for us to identify with, with, with uh, Peter's failure because fact of the matter is all of us know something about failure. And so I want to look at I want to look at at some of Peter's journey. I want to just look at several passages of scripture tonight that sort of take us through um, the the journey of Peter's failure and his restoration. Right? How Peter failed, where Peter failed, and then how Peter was restored. Okay. So first I want to look at, at uh, Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, uh, beginning with verse number 31, Luke 22, beginning with verse uh, number 31. Um, it says, and Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. All right, that's Jesus to Peter, right? Now here is Peter to Jesus. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. All right? Jesus says, and he says, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Okay? Let's 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 go back up. Let's go back up. Just just the beginning of that verse that that passage. Jesus says, Peter, or Simon. No, he calls him Simon. Thank you. He calls him Simon. Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. It's interesting that that Jesus calls him Simon here, uh, because uh, remember uh, that 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 this is after. Uh, Peter's declaration of who Jesus is. When Jesus asked the question, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Jesus, it's Peter who says, thou art the Christ, son of the living God, right? And Jesus says to him, behold, Peter, uh, 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 flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And then he goes on to say, and you shall be Peter, right? The rock, you shall be Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church, right? Now, you got to go back. I'm, I'm just giving you a, a recap as to how we get to this part of the scripture, right? It's after all of that that we get to this part of the scripture, and Jesus reverts from calling him Peter to calling him Simon. I think that says something about the inconsistency that we sometimes as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ have. Sometimes, sometimes you see that former self creeping back up. And the reason you see that former self creeping back up is because perhaps you have not given the time to prayer and to fasting the way we should. 
when you're not when you're not steadily praying, when you're not steadily fasting, when you're not steadily in the word of God, when you're not giving yourself over and saying, Lord, fill me again, you will see the Simon in you creep back up. Amen, somebody. Somebody ought to be a witness to that. That 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 you've 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 been here in your spiritual journey, right? When 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 you've been praying and fasting and, and reading the word and studying the scripture and and worshiping God, you've been here. And then when you fall off on some of those things, amen, somebody you know, the Simon in you starts to show up. The, the, the one you used to be starts to show up. The stuff you used to say starts to roll off of your lips a little bit easier. I know I'm preaching good. Y'all can, can acknowledge that. And so when the Simon starts to show up, that ought to be an indication to you that you're not doing something right. When the Simon starts to show up, that ought to be an indication that, hey, you're slipping in some areas. You're slipping in some of the disciplines, some of the spiritual disciplines that you ought to be doing when the Simon starts to show up. So Jesus says, he doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon. Simon, Simon, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Right? So Jesus gives, gives a warning. He, he shoots a shot. Right? He shoots a shot over there and, and says to him, listen, Simon, um, uh, you, you slipping and I'm, I'm going to give you a fair warning that Satan is after you, right? He's, he's after you. He desires to have you. He says, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. And Peter says in response to Jesus, even though Jesus is giving him fair warning, look at how, this is how you know. This is how you know that Peter is slipping. Because rather than receive it, look at what Peter says. Lord, I am ready to go with thee both to prison and to death. Peter, Peter shirks off what Jesus just says. So he says, nope, not me. I hear what you're saying, but I'm good. And how many times, watch this, y'all. How many times has someone perhaps with spiritual integrity, spiritual insight, right? Given you a warning that you did not heed and you acted like everything was okay. You acted like that didn't apply to you. You acted like that word that just came to you that was clearly about you and where you were, that that, that, that wasn't because you were either embarrassed to admit it or you didn't want to acknowledge it, or you were just too proud. See, here's what I believe. I believe failure, failure isn't a blowout, it's a slow leak. Most of us don't fail without any warning and without any, you know, any, any, any signs, any symptoms. Right? It happens over time. It didn't just, it didn't just, it, you, 
you you wasn't walking with the Lord Sunday and just up and fail Monday. No, it's it's been some stuff before that. <laughs> it's it's been some stuff happening over time or not happening over time that allowed for Satan and allowed for the tricks of the enemy to have effect, affect in your life, in your spiritual journey, right? And what Peter does is he does not heed the word from Jesus. He says, no, Satan ain't after me. I'm, I'm ready to go with you wherever you go. I'm so close to you, Lord. Satan, Satan can't get me. I'm, I'm too close to you for that to happen. I, I will go to death. I will go to prison with you. I'm good. Let me let me say it like this. Um, when the Lord sends you somebody, um, you, you ought to listen to them. When the Lord sends you somebody who has spiritual insight and spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge, you ought to listen to them. No, I'm... I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, I hear what you're saying, but the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Now let's skip down to verse 54 and pick up and see what happens. Then they took him and led him and brought him to the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. This is um, they, they have taken Jesus. This is, they are now getting ready basically, uh, to, to crucify the Lord. Right. Um, um, they, he's been arrested. Uh, they're taking him away. Uh, they're going to have this, um, this, 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 wow. They, they, they're going to, Ooh, Lord have mercy. Help me here. That <laughs> they, they, they're going to have, they're going to have this, um, uh, the, the, this judge, uh, to, to, to look over him and, and, um, and, and, and have a kangaroo court. I'll just say it like that. Right. They'll have a kangaroo court, um, and, um, and decide what they want to do with Jesus. That's going to preach one day, y'all. I'm gonna leave it alone for the night. Um, took him to the high priest's house. Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled the fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. And he denied him saying, woman, I know him not. After a little while, another saw him and said, thou art also of them. Peter said, man, I am not. About the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he spake, the cock crew. The Lord turned and looked upon him, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And what do we see here? We see that after Peter refuses to receive um, Jesus's insight about his spiritual condition, 
that Peter ends up doing exactly what Jesus has described, exactly what Jesus has predicted. He denies him three times. I don't know the man. I was not with the man. Y'all telling lies on me that you got the wrong guy. He denies him three times of ever knowing Jesus, right? And when the cock crows, or rather, uh, says, yeah, verse 60, yeah, while he spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Jesus and Peter are some distance apart. I don't know how far they are, but it's not too far that they don't lock eyes. Jesus turns to him and looks at him. And I don't know, I don't know. You all know somebody in your life who's been able to look at you and and just the look told you what they were thinking, right? Whether it was a parent, maybe it was a parent who used to give you that look and like you you knew you was in trouble and you better straighten up, right? They didn't, they didn't say nothing. They just looked at, they just gave you the look, gave you the eye. Jesus locks eyes with Peter and it is, and it is of such pain that Peter leaves that eye conversation weeping because he knows what just happened. He has done exactly what he said he would not do. The very thing he said he wouldn't do. And so and so here's another point I want to put out there. Be be careful about about saying what you won't ever do. Be careful about that. In in a prideful way I'm saying. Be careful about uh, about saying that some you 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 would never do that and that's 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 outside of who you yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but but you start missing enough Bible studies, right? And you start slipping enough in your spiritual journey and stuff that you said you would never do. Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> Peggy Howard said, your dad had that look. Don't I know it? Yes, ma'am, Peggy Howard. I, I, I've seen it. Oh, Lord, I grew up with that. That that was the look I was thinking about as I was talking, y'all. Um, and so, 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 yeah, he he um, he he does the very thing that that he says he would not do. The very thing that he says he would not do. And and when he sees the face and locks eyes with Jesus. Um, he knows that he's failed. Now, everybody on here tonight knows what failure feels like. Everybody on here tonight 
knows you know what it feels like to fail. You know what it feels like to fail yourself. You know what it feels like to fail someone else. And you know what it feels like to fail God. Because all of us have done all three. You've done the thing that you said you wouldn't do and you failed yourself. You, you didn't keep the promise that you made to somebody else and you failed that person. You told God, Lord, if you do this for me, I'll never do it again. And you did it again and you failed God. All of us in here have done all three. And so we know what the pain and the frustration and the hurt and the embarrassment of failure feels like. Here's the thing about Peter's failure. <laughs> Peter's failure was, it, it's, it's very interesting. There are both public and private um, aspects of Peter's failure. The private, the privacy of it is in the fact that when he does it, only Jesus and Peter are in on it. Jesus locks eyes with Peter, but he never says anything. Right. He doesn't he doesn't leave that hall saying, see, I told you, I knew you was going to do it. Peter, I told you you was going to do it. Doesn't say a thing. All right. And so there's a there's a private sort of dimension that uh, of, of Peter's failure. And let me let me suggest to you, let me suggest to you, um, Christian, let me suggest to you, follower of Jesus, let me suggest to you, disciple of Christ. Uh, that when people fail you, you don't always need to broadcast their failure. You don't have to make it public knowledge. You don't have to post it on Facebook, social media. You don't have to do it in such a way, you know, you don't call their name, but everybody know who you're talking about. Right? Yeah. Jesus... Jesus takes it on the chin and all he does is looks at him. And apparently the look was enough to get at Peter's heart. He didn't have to say anything. And Peter goes away weeping bitterly. Now, some would say, well, Peter, you deserved it because you were you were too you were too prideful. You were too up on yourself and you needed to be brought down a peg or two. And some, some would allow Peter to wallow in his failure. You know, some of us are like that. When people fail, well, let them stay down. They, they, they need to stay. Maybe they'll learn some humility. Maybe they'll learn, you know, that, that kind of thing. Right. It's interesting how God 
restores Peter. It, it, it's, it's, it's a marvelous story how God restores, restores Peter. And it begins on the day of Jesus's resurrection. Peter's restoration begins on the day of Jesus's resurrection. Mark 16, verse 7. Um, the, the, the women are at the, the tomb of Jesus early in the morning uh, because they are there to uh, prepare the body. Um, they get there and the stone is removed from the, from the opening of the tomb. It's rolled away. The body is missing. The body is gone. And Mary sees um, a person. She assumes him to be the gardener. He is, scripture tells us that he's an angel. And this angel says, to Mary, verse 7, 16, Mark 16 and 7, because she's pleading with him, um, uh, saying, you know, tell me where you've laid him and 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 I'll go and find him and or I'll go and just tell me where his body is, right? She's she is hysterical. And here's what he said. The angel says, uh, go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall ye see him as he said unto you. And here's what I want you to zero in on, is that God through this, this angel, this, this person, this being who is giving instructions to the women who are there, God says, go tell the disciples and Peter. And somebody ought to thank God for the and Peter. See, because I'm sure that many of the disciples had decided if Peter will deny Jesus, then we don't want to have anything to do with him. I'm sure that some of them decided, you know what? Peter did exactly what Jesus said he was going to do. He's always been fickle. He's always been impetuous. You can never depend on him. Just, just, we're done with him. And God says, you go get the disciples and Peter. And Peter suggests that some of them had already decided that they were going to go on without him. And Peter suggests that some of them had already put Peter down and aside. That the failure was too much, too big. You denied Jesus. You denied, G you denied knowing him. You denied being with him. And in denying being with him, you denied being with us because we were with him. 
So you're not only just denying Jesus, you're denying this fellowship, this brotherhood. And so I'm sure some of them said, if you don't want anything to do with us, peace. We're not going to have anything to do with you. And God restores Peter. First, first, by saying to, 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 to the women here, go get the disciples and include Peter in what you're about to tell them. To go to Galilee and Jesus will go before you and he will meet you all there. Just as he said. He, here's, here's the good news tonight, y'all. That oftentimes, when others have given up on us, and even when we've given up on ourselves, that God hasn't. God had not given up on Peter. God still had plans for Peter. God still had a purpose for Peter. God still had things in the kingdom that Peter and only Peter was going to do. So go get the disciples and Peter. If you don't get anything else tonight, those two words, and Peter. And Peter. And, and you can put you can substitute your name for that. That God did not forget about you and Reggie. Amen, somebody. Just put your name in there. That he included you when you did stuff that should have disqualified you. God still included you. He said, I, st I, I still want you on the team. Right? I still want you on the team. That ought to make somebody shout right there. Because you know, you know you struck out a long time ago. And God says, I still want you on my team. My God today. All right. So uh let, let me hurt, let me hurry. John, John chapter 21. John chapter 21, beginning with verse number one. Let's see, we're continuing on this, this restoration story, how Peter is restored. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. When the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? They said unto him, no. He said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and, they, and ye shall find. They cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. So Peter, 
Peter is going fishing. And this is really an, an important part of this because you 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 see some of Peter's influence that that while some I'm sure were were through with Peter, there were others who were still influenced by Peter. Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. And those who knew something about fishing, they said, we're going with you. And it almost suggests that they are thinking about or toying with the idea of returning to that which Jesus called them from. Going back to the fishing trade. Remember, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And even though Jesus has made them fishers of men because they are so distraught by the crucifixion, because they are so uh, this, this, this depressed and disappointed with themselves because of Peter, because of his own denial of Jesus, uh, Peter says, I'm going to go back to what I know, back to what I understand, back to what I, I can do. I'm going fishing. Right? Jesus shows up. He realizes, Peter realizes that it's, that it's uh, Jesus. He swims to him. You got to read uh, the rest of it. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Verse 15. Uh, so when they had dined, Peter said to, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto thee, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. It's no coincidence that Peter denies Jesus three times. And Jesus gives Peter three opportunities to declare that he loves him. When I talk about restoration, God restores us. But we who are spiritual, the Bible says, should participate in this ministry of restoration. And one of the ways we do this is by giving people another chance. Jesus gives Peter another chance, three more chances. He gives him a redo, gives him the opportunity to do it over. I think sometimes we, we are so caught up in our disappointment and our hurt that others have either done to us or how others have fallen, people who we look up to, and we're so hurt by it that we forget 
that along with forgiveness, if we're going to restore them, that we have to give them another opportunity, a chance to prove themselves, a chance to, to get right what they got wrong. Yeah, ye who are spiritual. If a brother is overtaken in a sin, I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about somebody that the Lord delivered you from now. The Lord delivered you from somebody. Then walk, I've said that before, walk in your deliverance, remain delivered. Amen. Don't, don't get caught up and ensnared again in, in, in something that the Lord delivered you from. But if this is a, a situation where a brother is, or sister has, has fallen or failed and they just need an opportunity to be restored, an opportunity to get it right, an opportunity to make amends, an opportunity to, to be the person that they, that they are rather than being forever condemned for the thing that they did. You who are spiritual, restore one in a spirit of meekness. Jesus gives the opportunity for Peter to be restored. And in his rest in that restoration that is that is that's not done for Jesus's benefit. That's done for Peter's benefit. That's done for Peter's sake. Peter needed to hear and know that his love for Jesus was real and that that even though he messed up, that he never stopped loving Jesus. Even though he missed the mark, that he never stopped loving Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I pray this is helping somebody. And so Jesus, Jesus restores him by giving him the opportunity to get it right, to do it over again, to say as many times as you denied me, I'm gonna give you that many more times to say that you love me. And not only to say it, but to then go and prove it. How? Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Remember, Jesus had taught them all along Said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Love is not just about a, some feeling. Love is not some emotion. Love is followed out by obedience. And so what Jesus says is, okay, if you love me, then stop sitting here talking about you going fishing. I made you a fisher of men. If you love me, quit talking about you going fishing and go feed my sheep. If you love me, Quit trying to go back to what I brought you out of and go and be the person I've called you to be. If you love me, believe that though you failed here, that your failure is not final. If you love me, believe that I can restore you. If you love me, believe that there's no, no fall and no failure that I cannot pick you up out of. If you love me, Get up from here and go do what I've called, empowered, and equipped you to do. If you love me, feed my sheep. Quit making up excuses for and, and letting this thing beat you up. 
quit letting the enemy, because I already told you, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as sweet. But I prayed for you that your faith fail not. So if you love me, get up off of it and go do what I've called you to do and prayed that you would have the faith to do. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Everybody messes up. Everybody gets it wrong. Everybody fails at some point. If you love me, don't let this failure be your last statement in life. Get up and go do what I called you to do. You've wept bitterly. We made the eye contact. I saw in your heart that you were sorry. Now I'm restoring you, Peter. And here's the good news, y'all. Last verse, Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two. So, so, so we walk through the, through, through, through the crucifixion, the resurrection, and now we're at the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter two, verse 14, people are talking in tongues and unknown tongues. And some are saying that they must be drunk. Peter says, no, 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 they're not drunk. Verse 14, Peter standing up with the 11 lifted up his voice and said unto him, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Then Peter said unto him, repent and be ye baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry, down to verse 38. I'm sorry, I skipped from 16 to verse 38. Uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Watch this. Here it is. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So because Jesus restored Peter, Peter who had messed up terribly, Peter who denied ever knowing him three times, because Jesus restored Peter after denying him three times, Peter's first sermon is preached and 3,000 souls are saved. He denies him three times. Jesus gives him the opportunity to three times declare his love. And then this great harvest of 3,000 souls are saved because God restores. Mm. What does the Bible say about 10 times, a hundredfold more over and over again? That God will, God will multiply it. God, listen, he took three failures, right? And from those three failures, gave him three opportunities to declare his love. And once Peter is restored, 
3,000 souls are saved because of Peter's sermon, because Peter is restored fully and, and he's not He's not forever um, limited because of his failure or defined rather because of his failure. My brothers and my sisters, I pray tonight that you recognize the great ministry of restoration that God has given to each of us and that you never know how God is going to use somebody after they have failed terribly. I started tonight by saying, don't give up on Peter, but you ought to replace Peter's name with somebody that you've perhaps given up on. And maybe it's even yourself. The good news tonight, y'all, God restores. Your failure is not final, God restores. And if he restores you, you owe it to restore someone else. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Love you much. God restores. Listen, I want you all to stay with us on our 28 days of prayer and fasting. Remember, every morning at 6 a.m., every morning at 6 a.m., we are on the prayer, prayer conference call. So call uh, the number. Uh, you see it there, the 712 number along with the passcode every morning at 6 a.m. We are praying together. Uh, the numbers are real good, but let's keep it up. Amen. And then, of course, you've got the uh, devotional, the 28-day devotional. Uh, you can go to the website, www.kchapel.org, uh, for the uh, PDF of the devotional. Um, download it there if you'd like, or just read it online, however you want to do it. Uh, and then, of course, we are continuing in our fasting. We're not just praying, but we are fasting. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, some of our fasts are three-day fasts. Some of you are doing five-day fasts. Some are seven-day, and some of you the whole 28 days. Uh, I just pray that you participate in the fast, that you deny yourself and deny your flesh of that which it naturally desires. And as as you feel those craves, as you feel those pains, uh, that you would ask God by his spirit uh, to empower you and to draw close to you. It's in those moments when we are weak that we are strong because of the Holy Ghost himself. Amen. God bless you all. Love you much. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for restoration. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God who restores us when we've failed, when we've fallen. Um, that we don't have to stay there. But God, we can get back up again. Uh, by your grace and by your might, we can get back up again. And then by the mercy that you give to us and that we then extend to others, we can help others to get back up again. So Lord, we pray that we would be givers of the mercy that you give to us, that we would share that same grace with others that we would give others the opportunity to make right what they've messed up and that we would be spiritual enough to restore such a one in a spirit of meekness and humility. We thank you and we love you. We ask these in all things in the mighty and master's name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ, we do pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. We love you. 
See you Sunday.